0: Welcome to Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida, and I'm your host for this rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I bring you some of the greatest talent in the Central Florida arts community. Join us as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show, episode by episode. hey guys welcome back it's another show another week another wednesday thank you so much for downloading and pressing play it has been kind of crazy here my house has been touched by the pandemic yes i've been saying i've been sick under the weather i was just like i i just have a cold i have a a tiny little fever and no other symptoms so it's it's just a cold right Well, wrong. It was COVID-19. It was after a few days of headaches that I said, okay, I need to get this looked at because if it isn't the Rona, I need to get to my doctor and find out if I have a fucking brain tumor because these headaches were just annoying and keeping me awake at night and uh, just ruining my life. I could not concentrate. I couldn't function. So... There you have it. If you think you might have the coronavirus, go get tested. I was sick for over a week and actually feeling better by the time I got tested. The headaches were still just lingering. And then uh, once I got the positive diagnosis, my my head's been fine. And I've just been a tiny little bit tired, little itty bit. That's it. Otherwise, I'm already past the 10-day incubation period. So uh, I guess because I was uh, clueless for, for the, you know a week or so, I already have worked my way through it and thankfully was not living a life that uh, would have had me infecting and exposing other people to it. So we're getting by here. I'm at the tail end of it now. And I'm very glad that through the illness, I was able to record a couple of shows and uh, get some work done so that this Entertainment extravaganza was not delayed. Our show this week is Season 5, Episode 23, called Seems Like Old Times. The original air date was March 21st of 1984. And my guest is Paul Padilla. Paul's been on the show before. You know Paul. It's, it's Paul. He's back. We got on the Zoom, him in Texas, me in Florida. Technology is magic. Now, a couple of little things before uh, we start, start. Um, I can't believe I forgot to say this. In uh, the episode two weeks ago, Mother and Daughter, the one with Tootie's mom, Chip Fields, it, it was in my notes and I just forgot to say it, but I wanted to acknowledge that we had seen Chip Fields on the show before because she was in The Facts of Life Goes to Paris. Remember she was the book editor for the the GK creepy middle-aged dude that Tootie and Natalie become best friends with? Yeah, that was Chip Fields. So uh, I had referred to her as Mrs. Exposition because that was the role she played. And so the appearance of Chip Fields as Tootie's mother... That was not her first time on the show. It was just her first time in that role. Now, in this episode coming up, we do have some issues with Wi-Fi. So we switch rooms, and then my microphone decided to disconnect. So you're going to get varying sound qualities. You're going to hear uh, Justin cooking in the background. It was delicious, whatever it was. And uh, it's fine. You can hear it. It's not the end of the world. And thankfully, I do correct it and we end up in an okay place for the latter half of the show. So there it is. That's all really. I'm going to stop babbling. I'm going to go back to my resting bed to make sure there is none of this damn virus left in my system. And I'm ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Paul Padilla. Ladies and gentlemen, back again for the 47th time, it's Paul Padilla! Hey everybody,
1: how's it going? I'm glad you're hey. back for the 47th time.
0: It's great, and it's amazing in 103 or 4 episodes, uh, 104 now, that uh, yeah, you were on 47 of them. That's really an accomplishment.
1: And it's crazy to think that we actually, had, we actually had one of these conversations like six months ago, right when this pandemic was starting and everything was happening, and here we are still in our rooms, uh, it's, you know, uh, being safe and
0: yeah, yeah, it's it wearing masks, crazy.
1: everyone, make sure you wear your mask, yep. wear
0: your mask, vote early, vote often. And, uh, yeah, that's all we can say. Uh, <sighs> yes, but I am so happy. We of course enjoyed um, hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Find your warm, creamy center. Yes. Uh, I am so happy we got to hear <laughs> your lovely voice a couple of uh, weeks ago on the 100 and well technically episode 101 but the 100 episode celebration as a tutti frutti you got to interject your story and matthew and i were just so tickled at you thinking that natalie was talking about you when she said that's when paul jr came along
1: yeah i absolutely believed it but billy flanagan we had a little brunch date yesterday and he told me that he listened to the podcast for the first time who this? billy flanagan Oh, you talked to Billy Flynn yeah. again. I should get him on oh, yeah, the show. Yeah. yeah, we had brunch yesterday. And he was like, I heard you on the podcast. He was like, but I never, I've never watched Facts of Life because I was too busy working when you were watching Facts of Life as a kid. I was already having a full-time job. And I was yeah. like, well, all right, maybe. But uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I should totally have him on the show. And um, I thought of you for this episode because um, when it came to knowing that Eddie was on this episode and this was our final episode with Eddie, I thought to myself, wait a minute, didn't Paul do the first Eddie? Yeah, Paul's making a sad (laughs) face, as am I right now. Uh, So I was like, oh my God, this would be a perfect Oprah full circle moment to have you here for the departure of Eddie since you were here for the arrival of Eddie. Uh, So yeah, we watched season five, episode 23, seems like old times, which had an original air date of March 21st, 1984. Now, Paul, do you know where the title comes yes. from?
1: Yes. Uh, seems like old times. It's uh, isn't it a movie or a, a famous song.
0: Yeah, It is seems like old times. And then
1: wasn't there a, a movie with uh, Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn as well? Like...
0: Correct. As a follow-up to yeah, their yeah, successful yeah. pairing in the movie Foul Play in 1978, they were teamed up again for, seems like old times, which was a 1980 film written by Neil Simon. So it's like, okay. And when you, when you hear written by Neil Simon, immediately your brain thinks, oh, well it must be good. No, it's not. I remember being very, yeah. very unimpressed with it when I saw it when I was a kid.
1: I saw it in the movie theater, I remember, because I liked Goldie Hawn a lot. Um, but yeah, with my parents I saw it, but yeah. yeah. I don't I remember like... it that well.
0: Yeah, I feel like I saw it on first run cable or something. I don't think I went to the theater to see it yep. uh, in 1980, but yeah. yeah but it also is referencing a song that was originally recorded by Guy Lombardo in 1945. But listeners may remember it as the theme song to Arthur Godfrey's radio show. <laughs> Again, the vaudevillian oh, yikes. writers. <laughs> I, I think i said arthur Godf- godfrey it's arthur godfrey <laughs> i said that wrong but um uh, yeah so that's what we are referencing oh and i did pull it up on the youtubes i don't recognize it it's not one of those oh that song that's what it's called i had no idea no when you listen to it you're gonna be like never fucking heard this before it's nothing yeah yeah uh so- seems like old times <laughs> So this episode was written by Linda Marsh and Margie Peters. and Yeah,
1: it was an all-star creative team, for sure. Yeah,
0: with directed by Asad Kilada. So with Linda Marsh and Margie Peters at the helm, you know you're going to get a good, solid episode. And there is some good, really, really good stuff in here as far as the actual writing and the jokes. But, ooh, it makes me so sad. And I wonder... Who in the writer's room, what made them or made the writers say we want to bring the Eddie relationship to a close and we want to do it like this?
1: Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing Listen, watching it today or rewatching it today. I was like, dang, y'all. I mean, that, there was like no chance of even like, come back for the Valentine episode. You exactly. Know. It, no, no true love, nothing. It's like. Life this sucks was, sometimes, kids. And, uh. Yeah, this wasn't shut the door.
0: <laughs> this was slam the coffin and nail it shut. Damn. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it yeah. sucks because he was a good actor, you know, and uh, I, liked, I liked seeing him on the show, but yeah, whatever.
0: I um, we were talking when I had Bob Brandenburg on for Eddie's second appearance, which was the mm-hmm. one called, uh, the one called Sweet Sorrow. That was the one where basically Eddie and Joe decided to take a break
1: break up yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
0: sort of split indefinitely but still be friends uh in that one bob Brandenburg was like i didn't really like him as an actor and mm-hmm. it, and he was more so than in the first episode or two-part episode he appeared in there is this sort of overly nice and overly reflective voice where he kind of is yeah. sort of acting just really casually like this mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. i thought no, i, more I of can that. Hear that here too and i was just like oh i want you to i want him i I wanted him to be a little more grounded a little more gravitas yeah yeah and uh we're trying to be good about not spoiling it even though people probably know what happened um but maybe you might spoil it you might not spoil it paul when you give us the two sentence tv guide synopsis and tell us what did we watch (laughs) the two sentence oh god
1: uh I was trying to th- I was thinking about this because you know how much I love this, David. Yep. I, actually
0: hate- I actually hate this, David. You're an this improv guy.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm a, a, a give-me-a-script guy. Okay. Uh, the excitement over the return of Joe's first love, Eddie, mm-hmm. comes to a screeching halt when secrets are
0: exposed. Dum, dum, Thank dum. you. That Thank you. Brewing. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Wonderfully I had to done. I think about
1: it, you know. I'm that guy that if I was on, actor, on Inside the actress Studio, I would know everything, everything I was going to say before he asked me, like, <laughs> before the pearly gates, or what's your favorite word, or what turns you on? Like, I would, I would, be, the, I would be the guy with complete script going, Oh, sure. yeah,
0: exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Jim, what turns me on are the following three <laughs> things. Number one.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So, are we ready to get
1: to this? Sure, I'm ready. I think we're good. I think uh, connection's good. I think i got everything I need. Yeah, we've been having some
0: technical glitches, but I think we're good to go. No more glitches, bitches. So the beginning of the episode, we start in the living room. And all the girls are there. They're all futzing about the dining room. Mrs. Garrett's got quite a spread laid out. And she comes in all excited about her meringue. So she's making yes. some type of a meringue on her pie and all that, and then we get that wonderfully horrific expositional dialogue, Mrs. Garrett, why are you making such a fuss over Eddie? Whoa, Eddie was Joe's boyfriend, and we haven't seen him in two years <laughs> uh, am i am I lying? Do I lie no you
1: no, you're not lying that is that is very <laughs> accurate. It's so um, like. I will. I also observe that before we get started, that like Kim feels this, like on like level from one to ten. She's like a fifty-eight. Like she has a lot in this episode. She's a little overly excited about Eddie. Everything is just huge. Yeah. Like her choices are huge. I, can, yeah. I was like, okay, bring bring it down, girl. Bring it down. Yeah, season anyway.
0: five has been has been a a, a challenge for uh kim fields and for some reason she's being really really big and broad and loud it was happening in season four too but season five particularly we're finding many many examples of this and uh we do know she calms down at least i think so if memory serves yeah uh, that's fine we've all given a shitty performance or two in our lives absolutely yeah. (laughs) yeah but um mrs garrett is correct they have not seen eddie in two years, it's actually a little more than two years. The last time Eddie appeared on the show was on December 9th, 1981. That was the Sweet Sorrow episode, season three, episode seven. And so here we are now in season five, March of 84. That's actually um, a year and four months. And, uh, but when they talk about Eddie, just to remind us how uh, beloved Eddie was by the girls, Natalie said, uh, are you kidding? I remember the last time Eddie was here, I was planning on having a double wedding with him and Joe and me and Scott Bayo.
1: hmm yep. Ha
0: ha! Now, Natalie
1: was, Minnie Cohen was good in this episode. I thought she was really great. She was, she, she was really good. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She had some really fun comedic timing moments that I just thought were hilarious, she made me giggle, yeah. hmm
0: yes. So then ding dong at the door, <gasps> he's here, Joe, he's here, it's him. So, uh Natalie answers the door, Eddie! And it's not Eddie. Who is it? It's Kelly. Fuck.
1: I'm obsessed with Kelly, though. Really? It's you Kelly. like Kelly? I like Kelly. Oh, David, you don't like anything these days. <laughs> <What>? oh, how <laughs> dare your, you? found your inner 80s kid, okay? I know <laughs> it's hard, but let's dig deep and get... This. I know 2020's a bitch, but come on. Yeah, oh, I loved Kelly. I thought Kelly was great. I thought uh, she was great. And I'm obsessed you, with her new show, B- B- Better Things.
0: Oh yeah, Better uh, Things a, is a great so show. Good. So yeah, no, good. I have said a million times, I have no problem with Pamela Siegel slash Adlon. She yes. is a super talented actress and I love Better yeah. Things. I yeah. hate Kelly Afinado, <laughs> and her presence on this show. Well,
1: is this the last time we have to see her or does she come back for the oh, Halloween episode? yes. Oh, it was the last time as well,
0: huh? Oh,
1: yes. Oh, okay. So I'm Which a is-
0: happy guy.
1: We're just we're just hacking those characters that we don't need anymore for a little while yeah. anyway, be- before Pippa comes back comes into town. Uh, but anyway, don't even, start. Moving don't on. even get it. That's, that's, that's down, that's down, down,
0: down the ways, down the ways. Yeah. But the deal is, uh, uh Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have been kind of curmudgeonly. Like you say, 2020 has been a bitch, but on top of 2020 being a bitch, I'm in season five. I'm in the Edna's Edibles season. <laughs> and I have only had really there's only one episode, all by herself, uh-huh. uh, the one with Jerry. Jerry's final episode, yes, final episode that we episode, just yeah. did, and I, I thought that one was exceptionally good, and it just made all the others seem kind of, eh. yeah. I am still struggling with this yes, endless edibles thing.
1: Whereas Matthew, Arthur, and I are like, there's food there. We love that. Edibles. There's our favorite thai, and There's croissants and there's all <laughs> sorts of there's, there's festivals and they have you know the. And they're they're waitresses and quiche and they're waitresses and uncooked
0: sausage and bratwurst (laughs) and Subway sandwiches. I love it. It We're a food shop and a restaurant and a butcher and a caterer. So Kelly is at the door and they're all like, oh, (sighs) Kelly, fuck, it. And that's how I felt too. And um, then we get more exposition. What? Who is this Any person that you're all making such a fuss over and planning to be here? And Blair says, Eddie is Joe's ex-boyfriend. And then Blair says, he's a high school dropout in a sailor suit. And then Tootie and Natalie join in with the exposition. They almost got married. And then the the sort of fill in the blank here is, he used to write her long letters, then he got shipped out, and then they became short postcards. And then next thing she knows, he's in town, and he said he wanted to come by and say hi. So Kelly goes to Joe and says, I guess that means you don't want to drive me to the movies tonight. Uh, yeah, because Joe doesn't have a car. Why would Joe drive her to the movie? Why would she be asking? Anyhow, yeah.
1: that's weird. Yeah, well, pro- probably because she wants to be on the back of her bike because Kelly's probably a lesbian. Yeah. As, you know, well, And just needed to have that oh. holding on tight to the back.
0: Oh, believe me. My These
1: day. are <laughs> moments here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing is, uh so joe says in response beat it and then kelly as a matter of negotiation says okay you can come with us and yep. joe says scram pushes okay. her out the door slams the door on her face and we never have to see kelly again again for I am for a while so fucking happy about that so then we have ugh, the the fabricated sweatily constructed sitcom trope of knock, knock, knock at the door. And Joe runs over to the door. <sighs> Callie, I told you I wasn't taking you <laughs> to the movies. As she opens the door and says, buzz up and go fuck yourself. <gasps> it's A- Eddie. And says, okay,
1: okay, I'll come back in another two years.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Or as you would say, Eddie would say, we have to do it in the breathy voice. Okay, I'll come back in another yeah, che- two. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'll come back in another two years. But now that you say that, that's all I can hear now. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But yeah, it, he does do the little breathy thing.
0: But okay. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But here's the thing, which was so lovely. The audience applauds his return.
1: But do you know what happens? I. But what, what cracks me up, which I think is awkward and weird, is what happens before the audience applauses, while Joe is still having her hug, Tootie screams, Oh) And like runs and jumps on top of him. Like it's like almost like, wait, 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 wait. wait wait, tootie chill the fuck out. Yeah. It's it's Joe's moment, it's Joe's guy. But she just I mean, if you watch it, it's almost like I watched it twice. I rewound and watched it twice. I was like, girl, calm down. It's it's Eddie. Uh, <laughs> but um you know, it's like, yeah. She Joe is still hugging her, him kind of, you know, and she just jumps on him and I'm like, yeah. girl, too.
0: It's like a big pile. Stop that. Relax.
1: No. Yes, but yes, the audience applause and that's nice. We get to see. It is back. nice,
0: and yeah. you know, I, uh, along with them, I agree. I was happy to see him. Little did I know what was coming down the pike. But we will get. There. He looked
1: nice. He, he was nice. Oh, he you looks know? great. Nice it's terrific. Yeah. Better
0: hair and all that. And he's dressed in a nice suit. He's kind of you know looking a little bit fancier, dressed mm-hmm. up. And uh, Mrs. Garrett uh comes out and is all happy and she says that she has made boeuf bourguignon so eddie is like well that's great that you made boeuf bourguignon because i brought a bottle of bordeaux and blair is like what you brought wine and blair looks it's like wow this is almost a good year i love how she grabs it though she's like let me look at
1: that yeah she, like, grabs it like yeah. she's the sheriff the in fuck town what do you yeah. think you are she's the sheriff in town Sailor let me boy. look at that
0: yeah mm-hmm. So then um, he says, well, you probably want to open it and let it breathe. And even Blair is like, let it breathe. Let it breathe. You know, to do that with wine. And he's like, well, yeah. And Joe is like, yeah, Blair, he's traveled a bit. He's been in Greece and Italy and the South of France. He's yeah. kind of worldly. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, he's been at sea, not under it, Blair. Comedy. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. yeah. <laughs> So Joe and Eddie sit at the table, Natalie and Tootie hover. It's like, girls, back the fuck off. But um, Eddie's talking to Joe just about, you know, simple, hey, so what's going on? Why are you in town? He says, well, he's thinking he might be coming back to Brooklyn. Uh, that's interesting because they're both from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And he said Brooklyn, unless I well, wrote maybe- that wrong.
1: I mean, they, she said, where are you going to be stationed or something? And he said, Brooklyn. Not uh, to, I don't know
0: if there's a that place could in it. Brooklyn. Yeah, because yeah, there are yeah. shipyards in Brooklyn. That, that is a thing. So that must yeah. be what's going on here. Um, but he's here at the moment on a week's leave. So he's like, let's hang out the entire week. And Joe's like, well, I've got classes. And he's like, well, um, you know, maybe I could go with you. Sure. Great. And so Blair is oh, Blair is kind of like, you would want to sit in a college class with Joe you're, you're such an uneducated oaf. Why the fuck would you want to, is the implication. And he says, oh, Blair, by the way, I got my petty officer's badge and my high school diploma. And in the teenage marriage episode, we talked about, it. I was like, can you join the Navy without having your high school diploma? And it turns out we, I did research and it's like, you can in some circumstances, but it's not common and they do have programs yeah. that can help that. So that yeah. is certainly w- within the grasp of plausibility.
1: Yeah, but, it was also the late 70s, so they're probably like,
0: yeah, sure, whatever. You know? Yeah, we, who, cares? <laughs> yep. who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so Blair says that she's impressed. In fact, she is stunned. And he says, yeah, harder for you to hate me, huh, Blair? And he says, don't worry, we'll find other stuff to fight about, ha <laughs> ha little friendly thing. Remind me, Paul, I do not recall any type of an antagonistic relationship between Blair and Eddie.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think, I never, I don't remember them like being mean to each other. I just remember no. her being so against him, trying to tell, you know, Joe, don't go. And then I think maybe in the second episode that he was on, maybe just kind of her letting Joe know that, you know, you're young, you you should date, you should explore your options of other people, not just yeah. Eddie maybe, you know, when, when, when she, she was so, you know, adamant about cause they were still in a relationship when he came back and they broke up and she was kind of going on a steady dates with that cute yeah. guy that, you know? Um, so, but, but yeah. Here's no, my spin.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to say that this is not canon. I'm going to say this is imposed and I do not agree with it. And if, Uh, The listeners, if my tens of listeners want to chime in and argue this point with me, I would be glad to. But in the first uh, Eddie episode, the two-part teenage marriage, Blair was against the getting married at 16. Mm -hmm. And there was never a, it was never about this guy is shitty. He's a bad choice. There was a little bit of what is his future when they're in the bathroom scene. But it wasn't a directly... Um, you know, being to each other's faces, Blair cutting him down. And then in the um, Sweet Sorrow episode, really, I feel like all of Blair's focus was on Joe, where she's like, yeah. so play the field. And Joe's like, no, yeah. no, my mom would call that being fickle. And mm-hmm. Blair is like, girl, you've gotta live. It's, it's yeah. not about this guy's a dirtbag and I don't think you should be with him. It's just, you need to broaden your horizons. You could end up with a saxophonist that doesn't have a job. I'm just kidding. That's what she she, she does down the road. But anyway. I hope. But yeah, yeah. so anyhow, the scene ends uh, pretty much there with this little thing of what they're doing, and just to reverse engineer this, is what they're doing is they're setting up that Blair didn't like Eddie. Now that she's seeing him two years later, now Blair likes Eddie. And now... uh, when, when the bomb is dropped on us, then she has the right to flip right back. And it is kind of comedic. It is kind of funny, I have to admit. But it's not canon. Just saying. <laughs> so then we move okay. on to the next scene. And now my microphone is working, so I sound a lot better. Uh, hey. Technical glitches, we love Zoom. It's a pandemic, you know? <sighs> Anyhow. We're yeah. at Edna's Edibles and they are closing up the store. Tootie and Natalie are being little, annoying, itches about how are things going? What's happening? So has he fucked you yet? Has he touched you? Have you gone downtown? I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. But, um, but they're talking about, oh, not, oh, you just are so cute together and so glad he's here. And Blair says, well, everyone in love is cute. I'm in love with Cliff and I'm absolutely adorable which I think is a great line. And Cliff, still alive, still there. In our love, see. Now, I, I'm scared to say that I love
1: Cliff because now I don't want you to go off on me saying that Cliff's a big douche. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm Cliff. just
0: kidding. <laughs> oh, we Cliff do? Okay, great. it's okay to like Cliff. Okay. The only thing I could fault Cliff for is I have a strong suspicion he stopped dancing for Blair oh. and I can't support that. Well, he couldn't dance, if you remember that episode. He was a horrible dancer. Oh, of course. I mean, horrible. Yeah. But,
1: <laughs> but I, think, I think he invented that big, what did they call it? That big, whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know
0: what it is. It, was really bad. it, it wasn't even like a, a Britney Spears thing or whatever. No. <laughs> yeah. Poor <class. laughs> True. Very, very true. But again, the exposition. Well, you guys have been spending all day, every day together for this entire week. And then in comes Mrs. Garrett, all excited because Eddie is also handy around the house, mm. which I thought that was what Joe was, but apparently not because her garbage disposal, <laughs> her freezer, and now her cuckoo clock, cuckoo clock are going to be fixed. And she is so excited. And then flowers are delivered. In comes this flower delivery guy. I wish they had brought back the one that delivered the flowers for Cousin Jerry in yes, All By Herself, yes. Chris Catan's he dad. It was fabulous. And but you guys this, already
1: had that episode? So Jerry, after some reason in my head, I thought it would be the next season, but it, was, it already happened?
0: Yeah, as of last week, Paul, she's gone. Cousin Jerry's Damn. gone. Yeah, that was with Arnie Ellis. Arnie, Arnie and I used to, used to be in parade together at, oh, nice. at a certain unnamed theme park tourist destination, but he's in LA now. Yep. And that's the beauty is I can have him from L.A. I can have you from New Braunfels, New Braunfels, uh, Texas. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, this guy, this flower delivery guy, though, is kind of more the tough guy. He's got on the cap, got a pencil behind his ear. If he's chewing gum. Uh, the actor playing him is named Paul Keith, and he has seventy-two credits over a span of uh, over a career span of 50 years, starting in the late 1960s, and he has been working all the way into the late 2010s. Most recently, he was on an episode of Cougar Town in 2015, and he made a USA Christmas made-for-TV movie called I'll Be Next Door for Christmas (laughs) in 2018.
1: Uh, Right, you know what working actor man working actor
0: yep and we are in the second golden age of the tv movie you've gotta got you can't ignore that really
1: nope oh absolutely i mean they're just yeah all year long now and i think they make
0: so many and yeah oh they've got to well the budgets are so low you can tell yeah so I, i just have to ask you paul did you have the same thought that i did when Blair takes the flowers, presuming they are for her, mm-hmm. and then the delivery guy is left behind, holding out his hand, and Natalie is the only one nearby. Mm-hmm. Did you? What? What? What uh, thoughts went through
1: your head? I just. I don't think we were going to be th- saying the same thing. The thing that I was thinking probably is after what you were thinking. What were you thinking?
0: Um, I was thinking. Okay, he's trying to get a tip out of the Jewish girl. Oh. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's not going to happen and I'm very scared oh, oh how my they're going to handle
1: that this. That is hilarious. No? I'm, well, I'm sorry. No. It's a stereotype. Okay. It's terrible. That, yeah. Well, it, and what's funny, I guess it does kind of go into what I was thinking. So she doesn't have any money because she can't open the register to mm-hmm. give him a tip and explains it to him. But she offers him a croissant yeah and uh it was like hit, hit, some kind of weird croissant I've huckleberry
0: huckleberry what is huckleberry uh, is it h- a- huckleberry it is yeah. uh it's a type of berry i have no idea yeah
1: i'm like never heard of that I mean, but um yeah but um huckleberry croissant but anyway jack one of these huckleberry croissants and she hands it to him she picks it up from the tray she hands it to him he looks at it and says how about I come back tomorrow for the tip or next week for the tip? And he hands yeah. it back to her. She goes, okay. And then she puts it back on the tray Ew. to sell with the, to sell with <laughs> the other croissant. <laughs> I mean, gross anytime, but especially now, that's what my yeah. brain looks at. They touched it. They touched it. That's what you're thinking about. But I mean, but even still, 1980, you know, what is Five, six? Yeah. 84. 84. I mean, girl, she just put it back on the tray. I know we were a little bit more lax with germs back then, but come on.
0: I will cop to being the horrible person here and just say that the way the show has always done kind of Jewish humor things with Natalie that aren't specifically labeled as such. And uh, like, remember when the tax man came for Blair? Remember that Mm -hmm. episode? And Natalie was all like, Oh God, he's gonna get you. Oh my God, he's gonna ruin you. Oh, your money's gonna be gone. (laughs) I was like, she was like Shylock with a bag of coins.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: my thing was like oh dear this is not gonna go well as far as you know Blair goes off with the flowers somebody passes out of the frame and we're just left with delivery man and Natalie (laughs) him holding out his hand for a tip I'm like oh this ain't gonna happen
1: yeah
0: (laughs) but but um that's that is a stereotype and stereotypes are are terrible even though they are and,
1: and ultimately as we'll find out her wanting her four dollars is what starts the whole ball rolling of this secret being exposed. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. So true. Yeah, she wants her cash.
0: Yep, yep very true. So then Blair uh, realizes that the card is for the card is very, very sweet and she reads it out loud. And Joe is like, Blair, I don't need to hear your stupid, mushy cards from whatever guy is sending you flowers. And Blair's like, um, This is from Eddie to you. These flowers aren't for me, they're for you. And she's like, "Ah, oh, isn't that sweet? So she goes into the living room where Eddie is up on the steps and Mrs. Garrett is there supervising as he repairs the cuckoo clock. And Joe thanks him for the flowers. And she's like, but Eddie, come on, flowers, they, they're expensive, they don't last long. You really shouldn't have. And he says, I know, so look at what's inside there. And she goes into the pot, into the vase, and she thanks. says, a socket wrench, just what I wanted. Yeah. Yes, and the audience <laughs> loves that. it. Cracks mm-hmm.
1: up. And to be honest, uh, you know, I think I was helping build a set, you know, at the community theater one time and the technical director was like, I need you to go back and get me a socket wrench. And I didn't know, I was this gay kid. I don't, never <laughs> built the thing. And so, but I, that's the only, I, I, I picked it out. I went, this is the one that looks like it is for the episode. And I took it to him, he's like, thanks. And I was just like, see? There you go. Thanks, Acts thanks of life. life. Otherwise, I would not have known what a soccer bench looks like.
0: Saved you again. Uh, yes, yeah, and you I'm would have known good. what a what a croissant was, either.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not a craftsman, but yeah, no, <laughs> but croissant, yeah, I, that I can use.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eddie and Joe have a little moment of him saying he's been enjoying the whole time that they've been spending together all week. It turns out at one of Joe's classes, he actually spoke up and had something to contribute due to his worldliness and experience with other cultures. And um, there's just this mutual, I'm glad you're back in my life again. I'm glad you're back in my life again. And they (laughs) kiss passionately. Now, Paul, I did have to stop and ask myself, have we ever seen them kiss before? Yes. And yeah, you are correct, I, they have, yes. but do you remember yeah. when?
1: Right before he thought he was gonna pop her cherry, right? No. Like, like when they got, uh, that was very crude, sorry, you can cut
0: that. But, uh, but you know, right. Uh, but, <laughs> what, how uh, dare you on my yeah, show? Know, I'm, so know, I'm so sensitive.
1: But no, but, uh, I just remember like thinking, oh, they, like, the, when they were so, um, yeah, like things were getting heated in when, on their, the night before their wedding. The, when their wedding, wedding sex, eve, yeah. yeah. And I thought I, it was When did they kiss?
0: I thought that myself. But the thing Mm -hmm. is, they have kissed, but they have not, ooh, kissed. (laughs) So the deal is, uh, in the first, in the teenage marriage episodes, Uh it was just hugging. Only ever hugging when they were at the hotel. She sat down on the bed next to him, and he leaned in to kiss her on the lips, and she pulled back. Right. And it's like, Eddie, I'm nervous and we maybe don't want to rush things. And, and, and how,
1: how old was she supposed to be in those? Like 14, 15?
0: She was supposed to be 16, 16. in that episode, but Nancy McKeon was 14. 14, yeah. that's what I'm About I what was to talking fuck about. a 22-year-old, <laughs> oh which is how old Clark yeah. Brandon was. Yeah,
1: let's put her in that lingerie, not even lingerie, but silk. Like, oh, oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that satin grandma. Yeah, yeah. again, a 40-year-old. Uh, night count. Uh, So then in Sweet Sorrow, in season three, now she's a year older. She's a worldly woman of, uh, of 17. Nancy 17. McKeon is 15 and he is, uh, he's still 22. He hasn't turned 23 yet. He's about to based on the production dates that I have. So in that one, in Sweet Sorrow, there are two, I believe, mwah, kisses like, Kisses on the lips, but not passionate make-out kisses like this one. Mm -hmm. So this is really the first time we've seen them full-on snogging. And and I liked it. I was happy for it (laughs) because I did not know what was coming. Yeah. Yeah, we were all
1: happy. We're like Mm -hmm. Eddie's back. They're more mature. She's in
0: college. This is going to be the perfect happy ending for everybody. Mm-hmm. so then joe goes upstairs to get ready because they have a date that night and mrs garrett and eddie are at the cuckoo clock and in comes tootie and natalie and the argument is yep. tootie owes natalie four dollars and natalie is like give me my money already it's what you owe me I can't do without my four dollars it's the only money four
1: dollars and i started to think okay 1984 it's, we always do this but i mean four dollars i mean to go to a movie, when it was like what, two dollars, two fifty? I don't even remember. It's
0: basically ten, in, 10 bucks in in twenty twenty dollars. It's ten bucks, according okay. to my my Google assistant here. All so right. yeah, but again, Natalie, what what you take food out of my family's mouth? We can't survive. <laughs> How am I supposed to? I'm I'm kid. I kid. I'm just saying. It is interesting. Yeah, but it is a necessary device because. Tootie is like, I don't have change, and Natalie's like, get some change. So Eddie says, Oh hey, I've got some change in my wallet. Go ahead and do it. Great. Tootie grabs the wallet out of his coat, and and my uh, thought,
1: I'm sorry, but my thought was, you guys were have a store right there with a cash register. Why? I mean, well, and she does say, Mrs. Garrett, can I have the keys to the cash register? But why did you wait so long? You you always have a cash register. The cash register is exactly. always open. You shouldn't have to wait that long for four dollars. It's anyway.
0: ridiculous, and you should have Team money. 90. And you should have money in a safe in like a bank bag if you're not making yeah. the deposits every day. Anyway, yeah. I'm with um, Natalie on this one. Yeah. Yes, I am. I am too. So, with permission from Eddie to go into his wallet to make change, Tootie down over by the desk, I guess, is getting the money out. And then she sees something, and we see Tootie is stricken. And then, as Eddie and Mrs. Garrett finish the cuckoo clock, and Mrs. Garrett is so happy. Oh, he says,
1: These little chains here, not you can't pull those chains. And you have to do your, oh dear. No. I pull them all the time. There's your Mrs. Garrett. I know. It's, no, you just made me do it because I tried to prompt you, but you just looked at me like, Go for it. (laughs) Nope. It's on uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Eddie just says, We'll never pull those again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So then Eddie comes down. From the stairs, Mrs. Garrett goes off. So now it's just Eddie and Tootie. And he sees her looking in the wallet. And he realizes she has seen something. And Tootie says, who is the woman in the picture with you? He has the look of like when somebody sees a dick pic on your phone. (laughs) Like like,
1: like you're trying to show them like a picture of a funny thing that you took a picture of. You're like, oh, sorry. He just has that look like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He he wishes... uh, It was a dick pic that Tootie (laughs) could see. But the deal is, uh, Tootie, he he doesn't initially respond. He's kind of still stunned here in the headlights. And Tootie adds, she's wearing a wedding dress. Eddie, are you married? And he takes a deep breath. And that's and when you say,
1: it's my sister, but no, yeah, he didn't. Exactly. He didn't. Yeah, exactly, my
0: sister. He, he yeah. totally showed up. I know, I know <laughs> I've had to do that one of your times. <laughs> about. But he says, yes. Yes. And then cut if you commercial. watch... Uh, oh, here's the thing. It doesn't cut to commercial in the DVD version. I was there's, wondering
1: because it's so abrupt. It's so, it's so dark, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it's just no, so, no. it just goes dark quick, yeah. I was yeah. curious what, what happens what happens
0: what happens after that is he grabs a butcher knife and tries to slit Tootie's throat <laughs> to ensure that, uh, that damn kid. it I yeah. just kid I kid yeah. I kid
1: yeah. oh damn it
0: well cut from syndication is after he says yes he says it's not what you think the marriage is over and Tootie says you're divorced separated and he says it's actually not- she's probably a little bit louder probably right and then he says, it's, it's complicated. And Tootie's like, I'll bet. <laughs> and then she says, does Joe know? I'm telling her. And then she runs and Eddie stops her.
1: Uh, that's exactly like that's exactly the style of acting she's been doing lately it's, you know, it's on these been episodes. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We weren't oh, we I weren't sorry. sad to
0: lose this, but if you look in the end credits when she mm-hmm. starts to leave, I'm going to tell Joe now. He grabs okay. her by the arm and says, "Please, please, please, don't." Uh-huh. Okay. I'll. He says, "Let me tell her. I'll tell her tonight. I promise." And so, then Joe comes down, and we get Tootie. You know, we get that wonderful. Pouty, with her back to them, Tootie, and then Eddie and Joe go out, and then we're uh-huh. just left with a good long Thornton Wilder shot of Tootie just standing there, set. Is she wearing
1: her? Is she wearing her red overalls that I think are just crazy? Yes. In that scene, yeah, yes. yeah.
0: Unfortunately, um, I do have to say something. We've been we've been shitting on Kim Fields in recent episodes with her breadth of her performance. And also, we've also been talking about how the blocking of sitcoms is so artificial because of people mm-hmm. turning their backs, staging mm-hmm. for the camera and all that. I was listening to Pat Oswalt on uh, Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. And interesting thing is he says, uh, he, when he started doing The King of Queens in the supporting mm-hmm. role he did for that whole run of that show, he said the first like, season and a half, he's like, I just kept my head down. And I was like, they're going to fire me any week because I do not mm-hmm. know what the fuck I'm doing. And he really bolstered up and gave a lot of props to Kevin James and mm-hmm. said, I learned so much from Kevin James. And he says, because people don't realize uh, acting on a sitcom is so artificial and weird mm-hmm. the way you have to stand the way it is. It is anything but natural. It is mm-hmm. so stilted and contrived and it's the job of the actor to make it look comfortable and natural. And in Patton Oswalt's uh, esteem, Kevin James was really good at that and he picked up on it and tried to learn as much as he could. So I just want, thought this was a good point to, to go on record saying that uh, for how God, my, this show gets so fucking snarky. We get, I, I, I am such a cunt sometimes about certain things, but I, I do need to step back. I mean, you know. <laughs> you you can't you can argue. I won't let you. No, that listen, was not. Sometimes
1: I go, sometimes I listen and I'm like, guys, Matthew, David, come on. <laughs> but I still feel like I'm going to maybe meet them someday and they might be my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll find this podcast and then they won't talk to me again. And I won't be invited to, you know, you know exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So it's like, yeah.
0: yeah. After Diana Eden, everybody is like, you're going to get the girls. You got to go to them. You got to. I'm like, they would tell me to go fuck myself. For how- oh my God. <laughs> They would be like, "Who the hell are you, you yeah, cunty uh, uh, queen?" Thinking you can fucking tell us how to do our job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. yeah. Whatever. It's yeah. it's all affection. It's all affectionate. Really, really. Yeah. It is. Yes. No, and I
1: and I you know and, and I will say uh, that you know through the years you know it was nice to see kind of Kim feels get comfortable in her own groove. I think she's I think she's very good when I see oh. her in things now as an adult and that, you know that reunion movie. I remember watching it in 2001 it was 2001 yeah yes and uh, I just remember kind of going like oh she's actually like kind of natural and she's just kind of the one that kind of knows she feels really comfortable in the space you know um, oh yeah so, yeah you know no, for, you know, for, when you look at that script and you go okay I'm gonna try my best uh, yeah. she just seemed really uh, comfortable and you know in her skin
0: yeah I would, I would agree well. that, that there, yeah. there's no question that about whether she is talented. She is talented. It's just sometimes it, it's a little more hidden than others. We're, yes. we're in the hidden episodes right now. Yeah. And that's fine. Like I've said, we've all... Yeah. I am not copying that every single thing I've ever performed is Shakespeare. Believe me. So then we come back from commercial. And this is another uh, removed segment for syndication where we... Oh, it's more 2 stuff. We start with a close up <laughs> on a Scrabble game. Blair and Natalie and Tootie are playing, and Tootie is distracted and brooding. And an awful joke. Like Linda Marsh and Margie Peters, really. Tootie, in her, oh, God, just so, oh, I'm upset. But the, so it's like, Tootie, would you go? So she throws down a tile, and they went, It? That's it? And Tootie looks at her and says, Yes, it. That's it the word that she's playing and blair the joke they gave blair is ah, playing with you is almost as challenging as playing with a cabbage patch kid
1: oh wow cricket 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 is that you know, I mean, yeah and that was cut you said that was cut for syndication that was cut for syndication yeah, yeah, and yeah.
0: mercifully so <laughs> it did get a little bit of a line but it was literally uh, a <laughs> cabbage patch kids those exist It was that type of a laugh where it's like, wait, as challenging as playing a game of Scrabble with a Cabbage, you would not play a game as, a Cabbage Patch Kid is a completely.
1: Yeah, that's another reference of the time. And I forgot to talk about Scott Baio. Did you have a crush on Scott Baio?
0: They talked about Scott
1: Baio before you mentioned it.
0: Uh, There was an episode where he was in an art class and had his Uh shirt off and was posing and trying to cover his face. I don't know if he was like spying on Joni or something, but Mm -hmm. I remember when I first saw him shirtless after he had sprouted. And I remember thinking, oh, I like looking at that.
1: Yeah, I, 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 would, I went through like the Charles in Charge confusion phase where I was like, why do I like Charles? Why do I want Charles to take care of me?
0: Why, yeah. can't, he
1: be, you know, why can't he be my, you know, caretaker? But yeah, uh, you know, but yeah, that's what I remember, Charles in Charge time.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's, that's so, a little after my time. I didn't watch it because yeah. I'm so, so, so much older than you.
1: You were working full time by that
0: point. I was, yeah, just yeah. like yeah. Billy Flanagan, yes. <laughs> um. So Scott so, Mayo and
1: Cabbage Patch Kids, those are the two references we've had of the times.
0: Yeah, so yeah. A, a reference to the Cabbage Patch Kids, certainly of the time, but oof, that was just completely, sh- that was like shoehorned in there with a damn with Joe's socket wrench that was inside the flower arrangement. That's mm-hmm. what they use that for. And then with that comment from Blair, Tootie comes up with, well, there's more important things in the world, It's just a game, and that's why they call it a game. And Natalie's like, okay. (laughs) Girl, what
1: is going on with you? Like she
0: beautifully does. Those are great, great Natalie moments. But then in comes Joe, and this is where the syndicated version begins. We come back Mm -hmm. from commercial. Just as Joe comes back in, it's like, how did it go? And she's like, oh, Eddie had to go back to the city tonight, but uh, he's going to be back in the morning. And so Blair says, I never thought I'd say this. You and Eddie have my blessing. And probably the biggest laugh of the entire Mm -hmm. episode is Joe says, wow, Blair, do you know what this means to me? Nothing. Mm -hmm. And what's funny,
1: yeah. And and the audience, even when she just said, Blair, I want you to know you have my blessing. The audience knew that something good was coming because they started laughing then. You know, yeah, yeah. Before they knew she even that. Said and, yeah, and then, of course, after she said it, then they erupted and they loved it.
0: Yeah, because yeah. we knew Joe wasn't going to give a fuck. Yeah, she didn't yep. give a fuck. Oh, another reference of the time. Blair says, Really, Joe, I'm admitting I was wrong. He has become an officer and a gentleman. Yes. Referencing <laughs> the 1982 movie starring Richard Gere and Deborah Winger. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's a great movie. I love that movie. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it in forever, yeah. but I love it. Yeah.
0: And then, after Blair says an officer and a gentleman, Tootie slams down the game and says, Gentlemen, my eye! We need to pause here for just a moment. Okay. okay. My eye. A 15-year-old girl saying, Gentlemen, my eye. This is a vaudevillian writer. This is yeah, like, Linda yeah. and Margie, how old yeah. are you?
1: Gentlemen, my eye.
0: Who yeah, says yeah. you know? But and I've the never idea said is that,
1: that, and I'm yeah, yeah.
0: Well, well, it's it's literally the nice way of saying, "Gentlemen, my ass." It's mm-hmm. just it's the way of saying "shoot" instead of "shit" is all yeah. it is. And in either case, Tootie would say neither of those. But anyhow, and, um, I, and I
1: was thinking, you know, I, I love you know the intensity that you, that you're portraying of, of uh, Tootie's line readings. I'm wondering maybe it's it's just because was she going through you know puberty and adolescence and maybe that was just how kim Fields was when she was young and pissed off at 15 16 you know i was kind of a dick when i was a teenager you know so maybe that was how she expressed anger i would hate to be at home if that was the case but uh, with her but yeah
0: well i did speculate two weeks ago when we met her mother when we saw chip fields acting with kim fields it was like oh there it is Mm -hmm. because chip was actually doing some of her own acting for the third balcony in the theater next door. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Was that the episode with the-, the, the Mother and daughter. Mother and daughter, yeah, where they, mm-hmm. so Jeff's already in the picture and everything.
0: Yeah. Jeff's, yeah, okay, kind yeah. of. Oh, yeah, got totally. Um, so then Tootie continues with, I'm just tired of Eddie this, Eddie that. And Joe is like, whoa, bitch, I will fucking cut you. I'm paraphrasing. and <laughs> And she's like, Didn't Eddie say anything to you tonight? Anything personal? And then um, throughout the episode, there are some little itty-bitty trims. Like what we've discussed are the two sort of biggest little chunks. But there is a little trim of Tootie going, how could he do this? He promised he would tell you. And then Tootie says, Eddie is married. And Joe was like, that is a lie. You're lying. And she's like, I saw his wedding picture. Why would I lie? And, in this big intense moment, we get a laugh out of Blair where she says, huh, I can usually spot a married man a mile off. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was almost like Kim Cattrall level. Like, (laughs) yeah, is Blair a whore? No, she's not. But uh, anyhow, um, so Joe is like, wait, whoa, 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 you know, you're saying this is real. And Blair immediately turns. Well, he's a low, irresponsible bum. He's an officer and a slime. And then we get the butt out from Joe. Joe gives a lot of butt outs in her career in this show. And Joe storms up the stairs, and that's the end of that scene. So then.
1: I think that's one of my favorite ones that made me laugh out loud. Um, I remember always as a kid, and today when uh, Mindy Cohen's c- comic timing kind of comes in, it's a very intense scene, and and she, she's like, she's she's like, uh, I know you just want to cry. I just know you want to do this, Joe. Like you know, she's like, leave me alone. She's like, okay, but I'm just saying, Natalie, leave me alone. And then she's <laughs> walking up the stairs. And she's like, I mean, she's like Natalie. And then she just, she just delivers that okay. Like, okay. but I mean, like, but I feel mean, yeah. okay, like right, but right away that it makes yes. it funny. You know what I mean? Just like she said, she, it, her, the delivery was brilliant. It was just that no pause, no time taken, just saying, okay. Mm. And that was, it. and that it just made the joke, which I thought, you know,
0: it was great. Yes. I love that. Razor sharp. Yes, yeah. bravo. That's a Natalie win, totally. Yes, yes. So then we are at the store, Edna's Edibles. Joe is with a clipboard and she's in her pajamas. And you can see she's trying to do something with work, but she can't concentrate. So then in comes Mrs. Garrett, because you realize we haven't had much Mrs. Garrett here in the wisdom. And she's, what are you doing here? It's three o'clock in the morning. And Joe says, I'm doing inventory. And it's like, how many inventories have they done? in the 23 weeks, the store has not even been open for six months. And they have done inventory and made such a big fucking deal out of it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. There are whole scenes
1: making up. inventory. and a lot, a lot of dramatic things happen during inventory. You know, you, you, you find out Jeff can't read. And, uh, yeah. you know, things. yeah, lots of things. The, 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 the guy comes, the, the chain letter, he comes and, and they don't know what they're doing. And yes. They have, you know, all this stuff.
0: And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like and they, that... The, yeah. the writer's room is like, well, when you have a store, you do inventory. So anytime <laughs> you're doing something, make it inventory. Yeah. yeah uh, So then uh, Mrs. Garrett's like, what's the matter? And Joe tells her. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The girls did not pull Mrs. Garrett aside and say, um, you do not yeah. know what the fuck just went down. Yeah.
1: She's like right there. Yeah, no, they didn't.
0: They did not, which is surprising for how gossipy Tootie and Natalie are and how they've been hovering and wanting to be so involved in this. But, But, you know,
1: and I do have to say, I feel like this is probably, I might be wrong, but maybe one of the last times the writers give Nancy McKeon this kind of scene where can she can really kind of show her acting chops and she yeah. can really kind of show the progression of what she was feeling because i thought i think when she was like looking at the inventory looking down like she you could definitely she was had that quivering in her voice that kind of thing of like if i look at mrs garrett i'm going to lose it so I can't. Yeah. And she was just looking down and just the the progression of the 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 cracks in her voice and then where she just had to tell her because she was just about to lose it and start crying. I thought it was brilliant. And I yeah. and, and the and, and and the next you know eight minutes of the series I think are brilliant. But I started thinking, I think, you know, and she had that moment with uh, Harrison taking her in season two, and mm-hmm. uh, to the cotillion, and you know, uh, not treating her with respect, and uh, you know, they had these moments and then things with her mother when she had uh, situations with her mother that she would, you know, have these emotional scenes. Yeah. And I, I love this scene. I love her work in the scene. And I started thinking. I think this is the last time that we have. Yeah. An emo- like a good chunky meaty
0: scene, I, and it just
1: kind of becomes whatever. For reason. I did long, think you know?
0: that. I thought that too. And yeah. I, did, I did have to say for how much, uh, you know, I remembered this episode. So I already knew I was going to be really upset and hating it because, yeah. because of this Eddie thing. But I did have in my notes, Nancy McKeon crying. Yes. Yes. She does it so well. Mm. So Mrs. Garrett is shocked when Joe tells her. And she says, we treated him like a member of the family. How could he do something like that? Joe tries to justify it saying he's in a bad marriage, you know, he's gotta have a good reason. It's like, you don't know, Tootie didn't tell you that. That's kind of weird, but anyway. That's a line that could have been cut in syndication because it was weird that she was doing some sort of justification for Eddie. And Mrs. Garrett says, are you saying you don't wanna give him up? And Joe admits she loves him. Mm -hmm. And then Mrs. Garrett is like, you love the Eddie. You used to know. Now, how do you feel about... This is not funny, Paul. Stop laughing. Now, Sorry. how do you feel about the Eddie you know now? Thank you. End scene. Yes. End uh, scene.
1: And the whole time she's doing it in one of those, you know, red kind of velvety night uh, gown over... All the old ladies used to wear those. And maybe they still do. I don't know. My yeah. mom doesn't. But you, know, but, you know, just those long kind of velvety... Uh, yeah. things and, uh, and then Joe has her men's pajamas on. Yep.
0: Okay. And um, so then knock, knock on the door. Mrs. Garrett says, it's a little early for the milkman. Oh, it's Eddie, how convenient. Uh, so then he comes in and she's like, I thought you were going to meet your commanding officer. That's why you said you had to leave last night. And he says, nope, needed time to think. And now here I am. And he says, I can't lie to you anymore. And Joe says, "I already know. Why didn't you tell me?" So then um, he says he met the woman in Italy, the the wife, mm-hmm. and he's, and Joe says she's Italian. He says, "No, she's American. She works for Coca Cola."
1: Coca Cola, which the audience gets chuckle. I don't know.
0: That's a huge laugh, and I don't understand yeah. why.
1: Yeah. Am I crazy? No, I mean it's just I think it just kind of brings everything back to reality maybe like she's just a, yeah. she works for coca-cola you know, well, it'd be that's, like, you know she, like she works at target
0: you know what i mean i guess it's a, that's as american as you get kind of a thing. yeah 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 like we're sort of working in an apple pie factory yeah and then eddie says joe we're just not right for each other and then there's a little trim a couple scenes where joe says how come and he says all the fighting we've just had such a lousy time and then she says i'm sorry it's been so rough And Eddie says, I was out in this restaurant and I saw you. And she's like, what do you mean? He says, it wasn't you, but I saw you. And then I started looking for you everywhere. And that's when I knew I had to see you again. And then the clip comes back to the question we've all been wanting to know. Why didn't you tell me? And And she says, says, we we
1: would have talked about it like we always have. Like, you know, they have a history together. They work, they communicated together, obviously. And then all of a sudden, now there was none of that. None of that trust, none of that communication. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, that's it. And it's that thing. Well, I was afraid if I told you the truth, you'd send me away. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's why you don't bury the lead like that. Jesus. It's actually,
1: Actually, it's more like, well, I was
0: afraid if I told you the truth, you have to do your Eddie impression. Well, I was afraid if I told you the truth, you'd send me away. And it was really, really upsetting for me. It was such an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's all I I can hear now.
1: That's all I can (laughs) hear now, David.
0: Anyway, Clark Brandon, I love you, wherever you are. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, And I loved you on Wonder Woman. Now, Mm. um, so he says that he ran off and he couldn't stay here, but he couldn't go home because this was tearing him up inside. And then he says, and heck, I already joined the Navy. (laughs) <laughs> you yeah. couldn't run off and join the Navy. That was a funny joke. I like that. <laughs> so then Joe says, the maturity of Joanna Marie Polnicek, where she says, Eddie, you got to stop running. Take it from me. It doesn't work. And he says, at least we love each other. And then Joe really breaks down and says, uh, how could you use me to get yourself out of a jam? You wanted me to love you no matter who it hurt. And he says, but I never stopped loving you. And she said, love is honesty and trust. And why did you have to take that all away? And he says, so what do you want me to do? She says, I think you should take care of your own life. Mm -hmm. And he starts to go towards her to kind of embrace her or say goodbye or hug her. And she goes, please. And he stops and he doesn't. And then he gives her a final, I'm sorry. And she says, so am I. Freeze! Roll credits.
1: Kill me. Kill me.
0: Rip my my heart out of my rib cage. Throw it on the floor.
1: I mean, then, you know, yes, I was an impressionable young gay boy that was in love every five seconds with somebody. But now, you know, I'm 45-year-old gay somebody that's you know in quarantine with his parents so uh I mean, <laughs> that's, that's not happy no but it's still it totally uh it was like oh that was a good scene that was a good scene I it was it. a good scene
0: yeah. and particularly joe talking about love and about not running away from things that yeah and you have to yeah and you think
1: about you know you have to think about her parents they were divorced you know uh mm-hmm. she was a child of divorce so obviously love and uh cheating on your wife and whatever we don't ever know if charlie actually did that but you know uh you know, but, you know, just the kind of the yeah. sanct- sanctity of marriage and uh, all that. Plus, you know, the, the she's in college now and she's an adult and I, I the, the thoughts that she was saying, I thought the writers did a great job of saying, wow, look how much she has uh, progressed mm. and, and how well-versed she is, how she can express herself. Whereas before yeah. she would just get mad and punch somebody like yeah. she punched Blair before, you know? Yes, uh, only a year ago, yes. Me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I thought that was a, a nice, you know, evolution of the character and the writers yeah. there. And it, and it was a
0: good, I know. And it was a good <laughs> counterpoint to the fact that that is such a child's argument. I didn't tell you cause I'd get in trouble. So I didn't yeah. tell you as opposed yeah. to facing it head on. That was a great way to show a disconnect in their maturity levels. But I still, it's like ugh, the big, I guess the biggest problem for me, if I, if I need to send some notes back to the writers in my time machine, I would say, does he have to still be married? Because Tootie says, are you separated? And he's like, well, are you divorced? Well, so it's, it's, that's what I think vilifies him for me. Mm -hmm, The mm -hmm. the sense of, it's not that he's, whether or not he's in a bad marriage, he's in the marriage. If he had said, we haven't lived together for four months, or something like that. And I, I think there's a lot of, it buys you a lot to say, I have tried yeah. to tell her so many times. I've come so close. And mm-hmm. I, I just think, I don't know. I'm, I'm terrified of what's going to happen. I think that just would have helped it a little bit. Yeah. Because then it's the, I was married to someone else, but now we're separated and or we're divorced. So... We are at the end of the show. Another one. Done. Another one. Goodbye, Eddie. Goodbye, Eddie. We hardly knew ye. And I'm sure if he were it. here, he'd say, Yeah, I'm really sad. Guess yeah. It was really, really was upsetting good, when Joe wasn't. Was yeah. When Joe made me go back to my wife, who I fucking hate.
1: Yes. Well, you know what? Before this is all over, uh, we need to do a segment, maybe. Matthew, you and I—we can do like a, a special episode of the Men of the Facts of Life. So we can talk about the ones we had crushes oh. on and the ones that we like. Because I have crushes on many of them. I have my opinions about many of them. Uh, yeah. Even some that are just on for one episode. Like coming up, or probably or coming up next season. There's one where I think Jeff comes back and Tootie's like, do you, "If we need to have sex, we can have sex." Because I don't want to lose my college guy or something like that. And like his best friend, I was like in yeah. love with at the time, and you know that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, there was a great article on the New Now Next uh, logo website where it, like, ranked Mm -hmm. the top 20 hottest guys who heard the facts of life. And I feel like number one might have been Woody Brown. It might have been Cliff, I think. Oh, yeah. I remember. But, yeah. uh, yeah. So, Paul, sweetie, thank you so much for Zooming with me and doing this episode. Hey, thank you.
1: Thank you. I know uh, you it's a feeling better. I mean, you have some allergy stuff going on you mentioned before. So it's uh-huh. better. Take care of yourself. Have,
0: have Yes. Some
1: ch- chicken soup and drink lots of water and get some rest. I'd say yes. don't drink anything, but we know you don't drink. So yeah. You know, <laughs>
0: yeah. But yeah, I was telling Paul at the beginning of the show, I'm I'm nursing a low grade cold uh, with a tiny fever. But I know was- I've, I've had
1: those two. And it's like you just it's hilarious, though. It's like, you sneeze and you're like, I have the rona. Yeah. You're like, but I haven't left, but I haven't left the house in six months, so I can't be the rona. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Uh but yeah, but you know, allergens and stuff, you know, and me uh, having to get used to the Texan allergens, it's mm. all new to me. So oh, I wake like, up. I, yeah. I think I have the rona every day, but continue to stay safe and uh, you know, be yeah. all that. Just be good to yourself.
0: Thank you, sweetie. And you be good to yourself. Stay safe, stay sane, and can't wait to have you back. Smooches and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. And there you have it. That was Paul Padilla. Always fun when I have him on the show. Thank you again, Paul, for being a part of the family here. Now, next week, I'm going to have J.W. Moore returning to the show. J.W. had been on... Uh, Earlier this year, actually right before the pandemic really kind of blew up, back when we could meet at Sleuths and record in person. He was one of my last in-person interviews, I think, before uh, we all went into quarantine. And J.W. and I will be watching Season 5, Episode 24, called Joint Custody. You can watch the episode for free at DailyMotion.com. I will post the link in the show notes, and you can also find it at the webpage for this episode. That's all, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, stay safe, stay sane, and remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle FaceTheFactsPod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash FaceTheFactsPod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.